feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's the latest edition of the Conquer Local podcast. And one of the things we are making an attempt to do as we move into summer and then eventually into fall here is we've got a mission that, that I'm on. And I said to producer Colleen here a couple months back, we need to get more agency owners on the podcast to learn what they're doing to be successful. And one agency owner that I met a couple of years back, his name is Asin Mohammed. He's based at Calgary, Alberta, Canada, spent a, a number of years in marketing for Adidas in India. And then he moved to Canada and he built a digital agency. And the interesting thing about his business model, Asin runs Customer Maps, which is the name of the company, and he has five clients. And he's built a business around that. And we are going to dig into his business model. We're going to find out the things that are working, the things that our challenges. How has he built a business with just five customers? We'll find out all about customer maps and Asin's success in a moment right here on the Conquer Local Podcast. So Asin is joining me and Asin has an agency based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And uh, th welcome to the Conquer Local Pos Podcast. It's great having you online. Hey, thank you so much, uh, George. And uh, it's my pleasure uh, to be talking to you. So Asin is from India originally, and he uh, worked for a nice little company you may have heard of called Adida. Um, and uh, you're part of the global marketing team there for a number of years. And then you decided, well, let's move to Canada. And started a digital marketing company. And that's when you and I met um, a little over a year back. And I, I was thinking it would be great to have you on the show because I think sometimes when people think starting up digital marketing company that, you know, we need 100 accounts or we need 200 accounts. And, you know, you're feeding the kids and you're running a great business. And, and how many businesses are you serving that you would call your core customers? How many again? Uh, I am serving five customers, uh, and I and I'm quite contented for now because I'm trying to grow and upsell them and, and take the complete portfolio with them. So the the interesting thing is five customers. You have to be doing a lot of you have to be delivering a lot of value to those customers and and uh, getting them you know to spend some dollars and 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 their budget. What what type of businesses are these that you are working with? I mean, uh, the companies that I'm helping with, two of my clients are based in U.S. One is a software company that is focusing more on oil and gas company, the midstream oil and gas uh, company, trying to help them into data gathering and data collection. And also, I think there's a U.S. government new regulation, which is BLM 3175. So they are the company that help oil and gas companies get compliant on that. Other is a escape room uh, down in Houston, which we are trying to help and drive a lot of traffic. I think things were going really very strong with us when we were finally hit by this pandemic. Other three clients we have in Calgary. Uh, so the other, the big client in Calgary that we have is a health uh, professional. He's into alternative health treatment, uh, alternative heart uh, treatments. 
so anyone who's planned to go to a cardiologist may not like to go to him, but he has a solution for them at a much cheaper cost. Well, it's, you know, I'm fascinated and I'm hearing this from more and more professionals that I'm getting the opportunity to meet that you, you've made a decision to go, you know, go deep into these customers rather than wide. So rather than have a hundred customers, you're, you're choosing to go and be an expert for five, larger monthly spend, larger retainer, and solve more of their problems. And one of the things we talked about when uh, producer Colleen was prepping for this episode is you're a big believer in the, in the customer journey and the way that you know, we've laid that out in the platform. We talked about it before on the, on the podcast. I'd love to get your feedback as to how that customer journey map applies to, let's say, the, the oil and gas company, the software oil in the oil and gas space that you're working with? Sure. Thank you. I mean, that's an interesting question, George. Uh, let me go a little back. You know, it, it, it all starts with my professional assignment with the Adidas group, S. Oliver, fashion, European fashion. I handle different categories, sports, fashion, lifestyle. I think one thing that has remained consistent and constant across all the verticals is the modern customer journey, the way people shop and behave and they take series of steps moving from one stage to the other stage to the third stage. Any local business or any SMB who does not understand and implement those customer journey map, they might be losing tons of customers that they could have gone. Now, what is that journey? It's a series of five steps. It starts all with awareness, findability, reputation, conversion, and finally leads to advocacy. And advocacy, as we as we talk, is getting bigger and bigger and stronger. More businesses and brands are realizing. I mean, I know there were days when only Apple and Nike and Adidas and Sony and Netflix used to talk about uh, the advocacy part, but it is getting trans, it is getting down to all the other brands. Well, you know, I'm glad that you talked about that because it, you know, a lot of people are like, well, advocacy, I've got to be Adidas to, to, but it's not that way that, and, and, you know, give us, I'm looking for this. When you get a new customer, is it a referral usually and that, that is leading to that new client for you? Yes, it so is that, a referral. That's advocacy. advocacy. Yeah. But, and advocacy for me is like a free advertising. It's a free advertisement. You're not doing anything. You're just making your existing current client happy and providing so, the best of services to them. When we talk about advocacy, let's first talk about it for you and your business, which is called Customer Maps. You're looking for that next customer. And, and it's interesting. You don't have a lot of clients. You've got five and you're very, very happy with that. And you're running a great business with that. So you're, you're using the referral to find a sixth that is around the size of those five, like you're, you're not really, again, going wide, you're going deeper to find, and, and is referral, in your opinion, a great way to find those larger customers? Yep. Referral, I think it's a century old way of growing your business. I mean, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, there were no digital media. People still used to do trade and businesses and word of mouth used to be a strong thing. Now the new word of mouth is online. So when we talk about the customer journey, we have, you know, when you, you referred to it earlier, and I just want to ask you this question, you talked about consumer, but I find that a couple of your businesses are B2B. So it's businesses selling to businesses. Are you saying then that that customer journey is the same? Yeah. Customer journey is, is the same. I'm primarily focusing more on getting engaged with the B2B kind of, of the clients, because I have to really understand their product 
and take them from one stage to the final stage. You know, so I live and breathe their brand and come up with the, you know, with a strategy on messaging, on the content creation, what kind of an ads. Awareness is a big part for me, you know, and I rely heavily on ads, different kind of ads and, and local ads is like this customer that I'm talking about. We are working with local ads in, in the U.S. market. So that, I'd, I'd like to ask uh, a few questions around some of the tactics that you're finding when you're working with these organizations. Is it like you're a part of their team? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I work that way. Now, it is the onus is on me. I hold myself accountable to work and try and work so closely with them that they feel that I'm a part of their team and I'm servicing them well. So I'm an extended part of their team. Well, it, sitting I, here in Cal, sitting here in Calgary, I'm a part of a U.S. enterprise. It, it's interesting, and that's why I wanted to ask about that. So that that is part of this going deep. If we were to talk to one of those five clients, and I wanted to wanted to really dig into this, they would just think you're on the team. Like you attend the meetings, you're spending yep. you know hours with them on a daily basis. So this is really more of a it's more of a strategic deployment, and it's more of a retainer type of to, uh, aspect. To illustrate with an example, last week I got an email from the CEO of the enterprise. Enterprise, He was wanting me to hop on a call where his entire team was there. He wanted some feedback on the video that he has created. Well, it re it's trusted local advisor. Yep. Yep. Um, and you're, you're at the beck and call of these five customers. Now, this is, this is the question I have. It would be really hard to have 100 of these if you're going to offer that level of service. Uh, I think so, unless and until I expand my team, I grow my team, and I pass on the same spirit and DNA and, you know, customer service behaviors and attributes to the entire team so that we live and breathe. So you do aspire to grow the organization, um, but yeah. they would the people that you bring on would have to have that same work ethic and that same strategic view that you do. Yeah, Totally. And, and what about outsourcing various components? Like, are you doing a bunch of the work or are you providing the strategic guidance and then outsourcing and bringing in, you know, trusted people to, to execute? Like if we were talking about a web build or a video or like, how are you handling that when you have to, you have to do some of the heavy lifting? Is that you or is it somebody else? So it's a combination of some in-house team and and my strategic partnership with our friends in Brindaster. So like when I was referring to the local ads, which is more to with the geo-targeting and GPS technology utilization. So I, I trust them and I rely on them to help me with that. So it's a combination of both. Well, it, it's really interesting to me. And I've been hearing more and more about this from particular partners where you know, I, I, at one of our think tanks here last week, we had one of our partners from Louisiana, Tanya Wren, who I've known for quite some time. She's built a hell of a business there with, uh, you know, 20 or 30 customers. And again, she's going quite deep and she's doing a lot of things, but she, it's almost like she's an extension of the staff of her clients. And that's why we wanted to get you on the show to talk about some of the challenges that this poses. Um, you know, is it structured? Do you have a structured meeting date with these customers? Do they know that you're available? You know, are you just at their beck and call? They just call you anytime or text and you have to be available? Like how, how are you handling the deployment when these five clients want to get you involved? So it's also a learning curve for me from being very un unstructured. We are moving into a realm. We are, we are getting follow a more calendar approach and we are like fixing time for reviews 
and we have like proper uh, targets and goal. Uh, so I, I could remember a whole phase where a lot of like chaos uh, was there, a lot of chaos was there, and a lot of random calls being exchanged. But now I think it is more organized, and I feel a part of a team. So I have an access to their calendar, and I can show who and who is available when, and I can book you know personal meetings and invite. I don't need to be like going to the head of the department every time getting approvals. So like yesterday also, I tracked bunch of leads from the local ads, and I passed it on to the sales representative uh, in US. Hop on the call and explain him what he need to do. So I think as we move forward, it is getting more organized. Well, it, interesting. So one of the things that you've learned then, just so we can give this as a takeaway to our listeners, because I think they're going to be very intrigued by this, is that in the early days, you just, you're doing anything you can to, to get cemented into the team. And then you've been able to build in some structure so you can have a life and you can, you know, you can go bowling or you can go to a movie or something like that. And you're not you know, looking at your phone the whole time. So get that structure though, it, it you had to figure out how the bit, this is what I'm hearing from you. You had to figure out how that business operated and then you were able to impose some structure after a period of time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And this is what, uh, you know, uh, customer centricity is. So I have to understand my customers. I have to understand their trigger, their aspiration, their motivation, their work, work style, how they operate, and then try to gel up with them and add value and show value to them. So one of the things that I have heard from organizations is a bit of a challenge is what if you want to deploy a new strategy or a new tactic into those customers? Um, you know, how would you go about doing that with one of these clients? I, I mean, first, the approach that I take is that I become a very, very good listener and I and I'll listen tons and understand what their pain points are, what their challenges are. And and try to give an overview of who the stakeholders would be in, in that organization, you know, and then try to come up with a plan which solve each of the problem for each individual stakeholder and show them that, you know, and anything. So I am not in the strategy where I try to sell them some solution that I have, but I try to understand what are their business goals? What are they trying to achieve? And then try to marry and align my marketing goal with their business goal and then create a win-win. Well, when I first met you and we were talking about your time at Adidas leading the the marketing charge there, um, there there was you told me that you really enjoyed being a student. I, what I'm hearing from you is this is one of the key components as to why people are paying you this retainer is that strategic view that you have and the fact that you're a listener. When it comes to yep. offering the the guidance, and this is always one of the challenges where, where now you're going to impose your will and you're going to say, here are the things that I know and here's my experience. And now you want to, you want to get yourself cemented into that team. Any suggestions uh, as to how uh, our listeners might be able to learn from your, from the work that you've been doing? Like, what are some tactics as to how you have built that level of trust? So I had zero understanding of oil and gas industry when I started. I had no clue. I had to go through the bunch of tutorials myself to understand their product, understand their market, understand their competition, understand their value proposition, and then sit on the table and talk to them. And then they started listening to me. So first, I think it's it's the heavy weight lifting that we have to do in terms of understanding the organization, the brand, and you know just getting into into it and, and being really really open minded. 
So it, it's like those hours of hard work that has gone to understand and do a lot of research and try to see how I can create value to them and bringing, of course, the latest cutting edge technology and solutions. So and what people value if you show them result. I mean, everyone need results. So if I, if you are result oriented and if you measure what you do, it's good. You are there. And I don't think that this happened overnight. So I just would, I'd love no. if you could give us an idea as to what the time frame is. Cause I'm sure there's listeners sitting there going, well, I'm doing this and, and I'm not, I don't have five customers paying me enough money so that, you know, I only have to deal with five clients. Like I, my experience has been to build a relationship with that level of trust doesn't happen in a month or two months. What's your experience been Ashen? Uh, it, it, it take a couple of months to have that initial trust built. And then you have to keep on cementing and growing that trust with every meeting, when you go and you talk and you add value and you make sense, then you keep on cementing that trust that you have you have laid the foundation. So anywhere between three to you know six months is the relationship when you actually start loving each other. We really appreciate the insights and the feedback from this business model because I think this business model is probably more common than a business model where an agency, one person running an agency has hundreds of accounts. I believe that they have a small piece of accounts and what you've really touched on today is the level of due diligence, research, and depth that you need to to have to build those relationships to get that large retainer. But I, I do wanna note one thing that I heard and I'd love to get one more piece of feedback. How important is it to be to bring the innovation? How important is it to be seen as the person that has that cutting edge technology, those best practices? Oh, I, that is absolutely critical. That's very, very important. But to enable to show that you are able to implement that innovation in a rightful manner, you have to understand the product and understand the brand. So both have to go hand in hand. And so I'm not doing anything differently. I still talk about that customer journey map. I take my clients and, you know, show them that, okay, we are into awareness phase. Then we are doing some listings and search engine optimization. And now we are moving into and collecting a lot of reviews from your existing client. We have worked on the website, clear call to action, all device optimized, et cetera, et cetera. And then we implement the part of advocacy. And I'm also like trying to implement the CRM for them. Well, those are some great insights yep. and I really appreciate getting, you know, you to give us a deep dive into some of your customer relationships, how long it's taken to build them, some of the challenges that you've had. Congratulations on a very successful model and we wish you all the best with customer maps and, and Asin, stay, uh, stay safe. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. Hey, thank you, George. You have a great day as well. What I like about that episode and the learnings are you don't need hundreds of customers. He has chosen the go deep model. So he finds the right customers. He builds an enormous amount of trust. He puts the effort in to figure out a strategy that will work for them. Then he's went back to the, the customer journey thing that works every time. The customer journey story is vital. And then honing in on the various stages of the customer journey and deploying tactics. You heard about local ads, which was working for that US-based tech company that was dealing in the oil and gas space. Five clients, 
a great business has been built, and now he's looking at maybe scaling it, but he's being very careful to find the right people that follow that you know, very customer-centric view that Asin has for his agency. So great feedback, some interesting insights, and we look forward to hearing from you and the Conquer Local community and your feedback on this episode and any episode of the Conquer Local Podcast Plus. I love hearing those suggestions around, boy, we'd love an episode about this, or could you give us some more insights on that? Please leave those comments in the community or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. It's George Leith, L-E-I-T-H on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.